Hi, you're listening to Arguing with AJ. I know stress is at an all-time high and everyone is extra busy during times like these, so I'm forever grateful that you took the time out of your day to listen to me. We've kicked off March Madness and my bracket is completely busted, and I hope yours is too, because this is the beauty of March Madness. We've had our ups and downs, our highs and lows, and we've had some winners and some losers, for sure. Starting off with the round of 64, our biggest loser was definitely Kentucky. If you remember last week's episode, I had Kentucky winning it all. And to see them lose to the 15th seed was heartbreak. I'm a huge Kentucky fan. And to see a team that I thought could make a really deep run and win it all, getting knocked out like that was definitely painful. St. Peter's did everything right. They played with a lot of intensity. They played with a lot of heart. And they played with a lot of guts. They responded to every punch Kentucky threw out of them. It looked like for a while Kentucky was going to find a way to sneak out of it and put that game behind them, but St. Peter's just kept on knocking at that door, and eventually they got in and they kicked out Kentucky. So it was, I'm very happy to see that for St. Peter's, even though it hurt me to do so. Next up, we have Murray State over San Francisco. That was probably the best game of the round of 64 to watch. Super high scoring, 92 to 87. Both teams just throwing punches back and forth, scoring at will. Nobody could stop each other, and that's what made it so fun to watch. It was definitely the best game of the round of 64, and it was high offensive power. And then another upset was Iowa State over LSU. It was 11 seed over a 6 seed. Great game to watch. Iowa State just came to play. There's not much you can say. It It was a close defensive battle, and Iowa State came up on top. Another one, if you remember back from last week's episode again, I said that Richmond definitely has a chance over Iowa. I thought that Iowa was going to win it as Iowa was in my final four, but I said that Richmond would give them the most trouble on their run through to the tournament into the final four. And I should have gave Richmond slightly more credit. I gave them a lot of credit, but I should have gave them an ounce more because Richmond ended up pulling off the upset, upsetting Iowa. That was a 5-12 to 12 seed upset, and Richmond did it, and it was, it was great to watch. And then another one we have is Providence over South Dakota State. Now, it's kind of the opposite. It was a 4 seed being a 12 seed, but a lot of people, inc- or a 4 seed being a 13 seed, I'm sorry, even better. We had a lot of people predicting South Dakota State to win that game, and so did I. I did not like Providence coming in. They weren't like most Providence teams that were good. They didn't have that same core as I think they usually do, but they proved me completely wrong, and they amped it up. South Dakota State was a team I thought that could make the Sweet 16, maybe even the lead eight if they got lucky, and were shooting lights out like they usually do. But that first game versus Providence, they they didn't shoot that well, and Providence really just came to play. It was Providence's defense, not South Dakota State's shooting that hurt them. Next up, we have Michigan over Colorado State. Colorado State's a younger team. Younger coaching, not very experienced in the tournament, and that showed versus Michigan. They had a lot of turnovers down the stretch, and Michigan took advantage of that. I had Colorado State winning that game, and Michigan won, so you can tell how my bracket's going. And then the last winner I have for the round of 64 was Notre Dame beating Alabama. Alabama is a good six seed. They have a very polarizing game. They lo- they beat a lot of the top seeds, but then lose to a lot of the bad teams. And hypothetically, Notre Dame was one of the bad teams that they lost to. Notre Dame came out and they just outplayed Alabama. Alabama did lose JQ, which was really painful to see. 
for Alabama, but they still they still looked like they were going to win that game way before JQ got hurt. Next up, we have the round of 32 winners. This is where it gets a little interesting. Um, St. Peter's ends up in the Sweet 16. St. Peter's pulls off another upset over Murray State. It was great to see. St. Peter's has so much heart. They play so well together. That is a team that it reminds me of that of the last year's tournament when Max Abmus and Oral Roberts were making their run. It's so fun to watch. It is another team. They don't play similarly, but they have that same gut and the same heart that both teams share. And then after that, we had North Carolina beating the defending champions, Baylor. North Carolina shouldn't have had a chance in that game, in my opinion, to be completely honest. Baylor is a better team, better program as of right now. Roy Williams just retired. They have a new coach, and they took care of business. Caleb Love was dealing with foul trouble, but still did his thing, and then the supporting cast around him played well enough to beat Baylor, and that was really great to see. Baylor was not themselves that game. They were throwing the ball around a lot, a lot of bad turnovers. It was not the Baylor that we're used to seeing, but North Carolina find a way, found a way to found a way to win that game because they had a 25-point lead and Baylor came back and stormed back and got it within two. And then another one, Michigan beating Tennessee. Kennedy Chandler, a freshman, could be a top, one of the top guards in the class and for the draft, played his heart out, but it wasn't enough to beat Michigan. Michigan, again, came out with experience and just tenacity that they didn't have during the season and they ended up winning that game. Not much to say on that one. Iowa State today just beat Wisconsin. Johnny Davis and his Wisconsin team didn't shoot the ball well, very much partly due to Iowa State's just swarming defense. They had nothing to do. They hit him with drop coverages, with hedges, with complete traps. Johnny Davis was getting hit with a lot of different defenses, of, and he didn't have much of an answer to it. And that's not to say much against Johnny Davis. It's not like he's not a great scorer. But when you're getting hit with so many different defenses, there's not a lot you can do. And then our last round of 32 winners, a big upset just coming in. We have Miami over Auburn. That game just ended about two minutes ago as I'm recording this. And Miami pulls off the huge upset, winning by almost 16, I think. It was a great game to watch. Miami took care of business from the start. We had a big poster on Jabari Smith, who was a top three pick. Jamari Smith was not the problem in this game. That guy is a complete animal, and he hit some crazy tough shots, and he did everything he can to help his team win, but it just wasn't enough. Auburn has some holes in their in their backcourt that they needed to fix, and they didn't get to fix this year. And with Jabari Smith leaving next year, I don't know who they're bringing in, but they're going to need some help. Now we're into the Sweet 16. I'm gonna, this is present day what the Sweet 16 looks like as of March 20th, Sunday. We have Gonzaga versus Arkansas. That's going to be a great game to watch. Arkansas is a very gritty team. Gonzaga is a team looking to win it all as the past five years have looked like one of the best teams, if not the best team in the tournament, and they've been coming up short. And so they're looking to really really come in and do some damage, and Arkansas might be a team to stand in their way. They almost lost to Memphis, so Arkansas definitely has some. They have a chance in this game. Gonzaga is led by Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. 
and them hard. And those guys are great. Chet is a complete monster inside. He is altering shots. He does everything right. He does what he needs to do to win. And then Drew Timmy is one of the best college basketball players we've seen in a while. He just does everything right. His game might not translate into the NBA perfectly, but in college, he does everything you need him to do, and he is super impressive to watch. He just he kills you because there's no match for him in college. You can't put somebody small on him. He's too strong. You can't put somebody too big on him. He's too fast. You can't put somebody the same size as him. He'll shoot over because of his his arms and his how high he jumps on his shot. He'll always find a way to score, and that is somebody that I love to watch. Next up, we have Texas Tech versus Duke. Texas Tech is a great team. This team could win it all, in my opinion. They have a chance for sure. Texas Tech plays great defense, and they find a way to score when they need to. They're definitely not the best shooting team in the tournament, but a lot of those shooting teams have been knocked out by defensive teams, so that's that's why Texas Tech, I think, has a great chance to win it. And on the other end, Duke. Duke's another team that... As a Kentucky fan, I hate Duke, but to keep it 100 with you, Duke could also win it all. Duke is led by Paulo Banchero and Wendell Moore and AJ Griffin. Uh, Those are three great prospects for the NBA, and they all could be picked in the first round as of next year. Paulo Banchero is a top three pick, top two in my opinion. He can go two, he can go one, he can go three for sure. Any of those, if he falls any further, it is a steal. And so this will be a great game to watch. Duke definitely does have some other holes. They have some holes in their bench that they need to fill. And they definitely have some holes in, they have lulls on offense and lulls on defense where teams get to go on runs on them. And so if they can figure out how to fix that by next Thursday when the Sweet 16 starts, Duke's a very dangerous team. Next up, we have North Carolina versus UCLA. That same North Carolina team that is just hot right now, just beat Baylor, is going up against the veteran UCLA team. UCLA brought almost everybody back from the run that they had last year. Johnny Juzang, Jaime Jaquez, um, their point guard that they had last year, and then they brought in one more new guy. Um, and so they look really good. UCLA has the veteran defense. They know how to guard anybody and everybody. And their offense is ISO heavy, but it works because Johnny Juzang is a straight bucket getter. A lot of people thought he would leave next year. But he decided to stay because he knows that he wants to win a championship. And I don't see a lot of be a lot of people being able to stop him from doing that. Yeah, this is a great team. I say they can win it all. North Carolina, in the end, is a great team. They have a lot of great pieces, a new coach. But I don't see them having the experience to be able to win this tournament. Take this with a grain of salt because it is March. But I don't think North Carolina can do it personally. Next up, we have St. Peter's versus the winner of Purdue and Texas. I think the winner of that game will be Purdue in the round of 32. Purdue is led by Jaden Ivey, and that kid is probably the first pick of all the guards. He's the first guard off the board after the three big men. He will be the fourth pick, in my opinion. And if you're not going to pick him, you're crazy because he shows NBA athleticism right off the bat. He is Russell Westbrook, John Morant type athleticism with shot creating like Zach Levine. And yes, he can get better at shooting threes, but he already knows how to get to his spot and how to knock down the shot so that he already has a great blueprint for that. And so with that, I think that 
Purdue will beat St. Peter's. I think this is where St. Peter's run ends. I can see St. Peter's winning, so don't get me wrong. St. Peter's is a great team, and Purdue definitely does have some holes in their game, so St. Peter's can take advantage of that. But I do think Purdue, it's overwhelming, especially when Purdue has a seven foot two big man on the court. It is hard to guard that, and it's hard to get rebounds, and that's where St. Peter's really thrives, is just being able to throw bodies and bodies out on people. And that's what really affected them versus Kentucky is that the fact that Oscar Sheway, even though he had 30 and 16, was just getting met over and over and over again at the rim, and he really had to earn it. And so I'd love to see that battle with Purdue's big man versus St. Peter's big men, multiple. And so that would be a great matchup to watch. Next up, we have Iowa State as they shocked Wisconsin and won the game. They are now going to be playing the winner of actually Scratch that. It was going to be the winner of Auburn and Miami, but Miami just won this game. And so it's going to be Iowa State versus Miami. Now, this is 11 seed versus a 10 seed in the Sweet 16. We don't get to see that very often, so that's very fun to see. This is very hard because Iowa State has some has two great wins, and so does Miami. Miami has two great wins over USC and Auburn, a one, or two seed. Could have been a one seed this year. I think I'm going to take Miami in this game. I like Miami. Am I doing it purely based off their jerseys? Yes, but that's what it. That's what you. Sometimes it's what you need in March. You need to be able to just go on a whim and pick somebody just because of the most random reasons. Iowa State is is a great team though. They were one of the worst teams last year, so to come in this year and be one of the best teams is great to see. I'm very proud of that Iowa State team, even though I'm not a fan. It's just great to see this team succeeding. I love to see all teams succeed. So that ends and caps off our Sweet 16. I lied. No, it doesn't. It is Kansas versus Providence next. That is a very tough game. Kansas and Providence are two great teams. Providence is looking strong in this tournament. They are a very tough team to beat, and Kansas is the one seed. And they've been good all year. I think Kansas was probably the weakest one seed coming into the tournament. It was a team that could have been a two seed pretty easily. But it is March, and I think I will take Providence in that game. Providence is looking good. They're playing great, and I don't see Kansas being able to stop that. Next up, we have Michigan versus Villanova. I think that Villanova is extremely experienced. They're super fundamental. They don't turn the ball over very often. And Michigan is an electric team. They're definitely a feel-good team. They have to be doing well to be playing well, which might not make sense to somebody that doesn't play basketball. But in the same way, Villanova, they can have two bad possessions and find a way to fix it on the third one without having to take a timeout, without having to throw the ball away one more time and get a huddle or just some way to have the game stop. Villanova is a team that can, on the fly, make changes in the middle of possession while the 30-second shot clock is running because of their experience and the coaching that they have. It is so deep and it is so well-coached that Villanova can make adjustments like that. And I don't know if Michigan will be able to keep up with that. So I definitely have Villanova winning that game. And the last game of the Sweet 16 is Houston versus the winner of Arizona and TCU. TCU rocked Seton Hall. Seton Hall was completely flabbergasted at the fact that TCU came out and did what they did to them. 
but I don't think it's enough to beat Arizona. Arizona is probably if probably the best one seed in the tournament. If not, if it's probably Gonzaga, then, but I think Arizona is the best one seed, and I think they beat Houston. I love Houston. Houston is a grit and grind team. It feels like they take all of the, all of the, the doggiest of dogs in AAU. They find all the guys that get down they slap the floor they get in your face they press you for all 40 minutes I feel like they find those guys out of high school and they bring them to Houston but Arizona is just a very freakishly athletic team they run well I don't know if Houston will be able to keep up with how well Arizona runs and how well they do everything all around and so now that is the end of the Sweet 16 as of up to right now we still do have to wait for a couple of winners in Purdue and Texas and Arizona and TCU as I'm recording this, but I still think that Purdue wins that and Arizona wins that. So that's the end of the Sweet 16, or the start of the Sweet 16, end of the second round, and end of the first week. It's been a great, great first start of basketball. March Madness has been great to watch, even though Kentucky lost, and I'm a diehard fan. It's still been really fun to watch. A lot of these kids are in the tournament for the first time, and the freshmen are really showing out. Some of the best freshmen, none of them are shying away. I don't see any of the freshmen losing stock in the NBA draft because of their performances. Maybe Ty Ty Washington on Kentucky because he didn't play well, but that's about it. Because still, that's probably one of the biggest upsets, if not the worst upset in March Madness history. At least it is definitely the worst upset for Kentucky in their history. So I want to start doing predictions for the rest of the tournament. I know I didn't go well last time. You're going to make fun of me. You're going to laugh at me for my picks because I have some very cold takes. But I'm going to do it anyways. It's my podcast. You're here to listen to me. And I'm going to predict. In the Elite Eight, I think it'll be Texas Tech versus Gonzaga. And I think that Gonzaga wins that game. Texas Tech is a very good team. But Gonzaga is just really big, really long. And they play super well together and I think that this Gonzaga team is is on their way to try to win a championship I don't see Texas Tech being able to stop that next up I think it'll be Purdue versus UCLA and I think that UCLA wins that game UCLA's defense is really good and the Johnny Juzang is playing the best basketball he's been playing in a really long time so next up we have Auburn versus Providence Or it would be, I apologize, it is going to be Miami versus Iowa State. And then between that, I think Miami wins and they play Providence. I think that Miami definitely has a chance to win that game versus Providence. But Providence is just a steamrolling team. They're steamrolling, going through them. And I think that Providence beats them and ends up in the Final Four. And then we have Villanova versus Arizona. Villanova is very experienced, like I said before. And Arizona is super freakishly athletic. And I think Arizona runs them out of the gym. I think Arizona is just too fast and they're too long. And they shoot the ball really well. And Villanova won't be able to keep up even with all the experience they have. And so that leaves us with the matchups in the final four. We'll have a rematch between UCLA and Gonzaga. Last year, Jalen Suggs hit a game winner after Johnny Juzang thought he had tied the game up. And it's going to be a great game. I have no words for it. I'm super excited. I think that 
if we have a UCLA and Gonzaga matchup, is going to go down in the ages as one of the best games. I think that it has either a chance to be super high scoring or it's going to be super gritty in the low 40s and 50s because this both teams play such great defense. I'm hoping for more of the high end. Each team is scoring, but I would not mind a grind fest between the two teams where they have to grind out a win. I still think in either way between those teams, I think UCLA takes it. I think UCLA is coming back for blood. I don't see them losing to Gonzaga twice in a row with the same team as they had before. UCLA just looks really good. Bernard, who's their third, second option during the time, is looking great. He's hit some really great shots throughout the tournament. His catch-and-shoot game's on point. His pull-up jumpers are on point. And that will be a factor in the game that they didn't have last year that UCLA needed. And they have it this year. And so I think UCLA beats Gonzaga. Next up, we have Arizona versus Providence. And I think Arizona wins that game. I think this is where Providence's run ends. A lot of people have Providence losing in the first round. So for them to get to the Final Four is super impressive. Um, They should not be sad about that at all. Again, this is all skeptical. So their run can end as soon as the Sweet 16. But I have them going to the Final Four. And if that's where their run ends, they should be super proud of their season. If their run ends in the Sweet 16, they should be super proud of their season because no matter what, making it to the tournament is the greatest feeling. And a lot of kids would would do a lot of things to end up in the tournament. So they should be proud of themselves. But that would leave UCLA versus Arizona in the championship. Johnny Juzang hypothetically has a chance to finally get to the tournament that he the championship game he wanted to be in. And then we have Arizona, who's just a freakish team. But I'm going to say that UCLA wins it all. UCLA, I think Johnny Juzang gets the revenge from last year, from their great run as an 11 seed. And they come back in this year as a four seed. And I think they get it done. Johnny Juzang's a great player. He played at Kentucky for a year. Coach Cal didn't like his ISO game as much. And he came to UCLA and he revitalized UCLA's program. He made UCLA look like a team that young prospects can go to to develop and turn into great NBA players. And Johnny Juzang definitely put UCLA back on the map, in my opinion. Lonzo Ball was kind of doing the same thing in 2017, but Johnny Juzang did it in a whole new way that makes him look really great and makes UCLA look really great. And so with that, I say that 2022 NCAA champions are UCLA now, this can go so many different ways. I think Gonzaga can definitely win it. I think Arizona can definitely win it. I think Providence could win it. I think Villanova could win it. I think that Purdue could win it. I think Texas Tech can win it. I think Duke could win it. A lot of these teams can win. So don't take my take with a grain of salt saying UCLA can win because anybody can win it. It's going to be fun to watch. I think the most important part about March is to just enjoy what you're watching. Enjoy what these 18, 19, 20-year-olds are doing. And playing at such a high level at such a young age and being in front of thousands of people and millions on screens to be able to put up with that kind of pressure is so impressive. And so these kids definitely deserve respect for where they're getting to and where they're at right now. And with that being said, thank you for listening to Arguing with AJ. I hope you stay safe and don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe. Peace.